Is this a stud or regular basis? It does. Or ducks. <laughs> Students. He's an obvious dubs. He's he is stubs and dubs. <laughs> I am absolutely on the record. Ruben Nevis is dubs. Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. It's the podcast that gives the world what it really wants. Which is what? Americans telling people what they should do. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Listen, I am so thankful how many listens we get in England. Uh, I'm thankful for all our listeners across the world, but especially our England listeners. Mm-hmm. Let's just expand a little bit. UK, UK listeners. UK, yep, UK. Yep, yep. In other words, I get it. Like, if you're listening to dumb Americans... And speak uh, for yourself. Well, for me, if you're listening to me, and I consider <laughs> myself a, d- a dumb American, we are speaking about football, the sport that is from your part of the world. Uh, we adopt it and love it, and love to talk about it. More importantly, I I just appreciate the UK listeners, yeah, even more than all the rest of all the rest of the listeners. I have a, a ratio actually that that one UK listeners equal to three American listeners. That's that's a joke. I'm kidding about that. Ratio I like your though. ratios, but anyway, uh, Scott's ratios are always <laughs> not right, Brian. That's this, this is Brian Chesko. <laughs> Do we finally get around to that? That's right. <laughs> we had a, a, th- a thing that happened on uh, Twitter this past week. There, I don't remember the podcast, and it's okay that I don't, but they put out this friendly barb saying something about how they felt like it was weird that Americans were talking about their league. And I get it. I totally get it. Yes. And that's the thing I wanted to add is that most importantly, we respect the league you're gonna hear undoubtedly us, you're gonna hear us attempt constantly like yes soccer is in the name of our podcast but we reference it as football all the time we prefer to call it football we just wish that if anyone in the united states heard three americans talking about fantasy football they knew we were talking about soccer look i see the stats we get 65 percent of our plays and listens here in the u.s yeah now the awesome thing is this and this is one thing that we wanted to do when we started this podcast we wanted to go on this journey and bring along the American audience That's because exactly right. we want them to appreciate what we love and appreciate. That's right. NBC has helped that mm-hmm. bring in the, uh, the 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 best league in the world, the Premier League, into our living rooms every week. And so we wanted to, to kind of have both, right? Fancy Soccer FC. That's so right. we're bringing in the football club as well as the soccer, but we recognize the football. So if you're listening and you just started listening over the summer and we know that there are lots of you out there, a which lot. is exciting. Very pumped. If if that's you, this is now the time when the show gets back to normal. Yeah, it's true. This is the time when we get to go through the matches from the past weekend, sprinkling in the segments that you've come to know and love. And we've got a few of those for you today. And so uh, I say let's just get right to it. We should get on to the matches. He's been waiting three months to say that. On to the matches. From week one. Dave wishes that of the 380 matches that we have to talk about over the next nine months, this wasn't the first. Arsenal nil, City two. Goals from Raheem Sterling and a beautiful, beautiful goal from a beautiful man, Bernardo Silva. Because we knew Raheem Sterling was starting. 
right? <laughs> Everyone knew that, Brian. The most important thing that could have happened in the start of the fantasy Premier League season is that Pep pepped his lineup. And <laughs> he got us and, week one. And waited until the last possible minute to let everyone know the details. No, the last possible minute. Remember, we don't know. And, and this is one thing. Look, anyone from Fantasy Premier League, that official, the official Fantasy Premier League, mm-hmm. if anyone that actually works for them listens to us and like to think maybe someone does, but maybe not, let's just start pumping it out there. The locking the lineups the hour before the first game, and you can't change anything else the rest of the of the. The weekend. the weekend is a little like let's start looking at that as being a little absurd like now i'm not saying obviously once a game starts you can't change anything mm-hmm. once those guys are playing duh you want to be able to do what you can do with fantasy nfl football which is to get an hour well, to kick off for each match i think it's dumb and when when a game happens on friday and this often happens on saturday where this game's on saturday and then all of a sudden there's a game on monday and there's a change or injury that's picked up over the weekend i can't change it because now let me let me everything's you, locked but let yeah. me give you the retort as you'll find in the rules of fantasy premier league which is that's what your bench is for what do you say to something like that it's a fair argument it's still <laughs> Well, I, I guess I guess on the on the the pro side of it in terms of what like locking the lineups I guess my my thing would be unless you have transfers or want to waste of or take a take a minus right in a way that's I mean w- the benches for that is kind of it kind of makes it a what difference does it make fair so so no I I wish it I wish you could I wish you could do that just in the just sure. in the chance that you know if there was if you actually did have someone to make the replacement that you could do it yourself yeah but what are you gonna do moving let's, on either, bottom line either is, way the, bo- the bottom line is Raheem Sterling started finding out finding out with like two hours to go that. Sterling and Kevin DeBrana returned from the World Cup to Pep's, to quote Pep, in perfect condition. <laughs> like they were in a nice box and wrapped in perfect cellophane after their trip was over. Uh, changed a lot for uh, for people looking at it. Not so much for Sterling, I don't think. I think the I think, I don't all think of many us, people brought Sterling in. I think a lot I think a lot of it was all of a sudden seeing old KDB as an as a viable option to start the season. And a lot I think of changed, people, I think changed some minds. A lot of people put him in their lineups. Raheem Sterling is as we pod on Monday night, two point six percent owned. Which yeah. I would love to have seen what that was before Friday. Sure. The other su- massive surprise was this. Guess who wasn't starting? Leroy Sané. Surprise! That is a shock. Surprise! Yeah, but guess who came in with four minutes left and got a point. Yeah, that's really annoying. Leroy Sané. I could have really benefited from James Tompkins coming off my bench. I'll tell you that much. But here's this, here's the deal. Let's just do a quick rundown. Here. I could have benefited from Juan Basaka coming off my oh, bench. Oh, that pad hurts. Yes. De Bruyne zero, Mares one, Sané one, David Silva zero, Jesus one, Aguero two. Yes. So let, let's be that's clear. That's a lot of pain. Manchester City is obviously showed. They are still a massive force to be reckoned with. It is, in my opinion, a two. I thought this before the season. I still think it now after week one. It is a two-horse race 
for the the league title, and that is Manchester City and Liverpool. And I uh, probably just because City won it last year. If you had to pin me down on saying, Dave, who's going to win the league? I would have said Liverpool. Um, maybe it's because City won it last year, but look, Liverpool made great changes this summer. I love their defense. I've already said that on previous pods. Anyways, moving on. We're not talking about Liverpool right now. We're talking about Manchester City. I'll tell you my big takeaway from this weekend. Not only is Manchester City still very, very good, okay? I think Arsenal made improved changes. I think Arsenal didn't have all their crap together this past weekend. We'll get to them in a minute. But Manchester City still looks really good. They are freaking really deep, okay? They can sustain multiple injuries, and they're not going to miss a beat. The other thing is this, O'Brien. I trust five players on this team. This this was my big takeaway from this game. I trust... Sergio Aguero, mm-hmm. I trust Raheem Sterling, I trust John Stones, I trust <laughs> Kyle Walker, Benjamin Mendy, and Ederson. Those are the five city names that I trust. Scott's pulling up six. Did I name six I'm names? I'm pretty sure you named six okay. guys. <laughs> Whatever. Six names. But that's it. Like, anyone else? Sure, Bernardo Silva did great this past weekend. I love after his goal. Pep almost lip-kissed him. Uh, they had a weird exchange. I don't know exactly what was going on there. Thankfully, the cameras kind of hit it or whatever because it kind of leaves it up in the air, and we, we don't really know, which kind of makes it fun. Stay tuned Moving for next Moving on, bottom line is, um, <laughs> I, I think, Brian, I, I said to you, mm-hmm. I said, I think Arteta is the reason why Bernardo Silva is starting because he wasn't on. Listen, it's been tough to crack Pep's midfield, right? Sure. And and listen, Bernardo Silva. Anyone who was paid attention had a fantastic preseason, had a fantastic World Cup, and finished well at the end of last season. And he's coming into this year raring to go. What happens? A lot of people went with him, and a lot of people started him, especially people who had Salah. Right, because Bernardo Silva now is the easiest way into that Manchester City midfield that everyone wants a piece of. Yeah. And man, did he pay off! And man, did he reward! I, I think he is good for the next couple weeks. Pep still, I don't want to get pepped by Pep. So those six names I are know. guys that I feel okay about. No, I, that's. I think that's the that's the big, that is the big question: is do you trust what performances do you trust here? Do you trust Mares to continue starting? Do you trust that Sané is just going to rest? Is there anything to the issue of a lot of these guys are the ones who were brought in after Pep started? So, you know, are we seeing this shake out more in terms of what he wants, what what the players that he bought or that were brought in since he came to Manchester City? Or is this just we have quality up and down and we need to rotate to keep fresh? So, well, let's, let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. If you own Leroy Sane today, as you listen to this, who would you transfer him out for? If I had extra money and I wanted to be safe, I would go up to De Bruyne. Really, same yeah. team? Because mm-hmm. I think even though the, De Bruyne put up zero points, the consent. Well, one shame on you. Striker eyes, Sergio Aguero. Selfish Sergio. Staring straight at the goal goal. and not playing KDB in for a tap-in. Shame. Instead, blasting it it straight at 
Shame. Had a chef who couldn't do anything to stop anyone in that game. If Shame, that Aguero. The Shame. only reason why Sergio Aguero is not the first ever winner of the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award is because that wastefulness did not result in a change in the match's result. Yeah. That's a teaser for what's to come. That was so stupid. Not only, I mean, that's an assist for him. It's a goal for DeBron. I think everybody, I think then, uh, you hey. know, it just changes the look. DeBron is highly, he is owned 27%. That's a that lot. That is ridiculously high. DeBron? Yes, that's a very high number. And wow. I think that speaks, though, to his stability in the midfield. When KDB put his arms out, like I'm doing right now, yeah. towards Sergio Aguero, after Aguero attempted the shot on goal, it was the same arms that all 27% of KDB owners yeah, who were exactly. watching but, put hey, straight out. You know what, though, Ryan? Hey, listen. Is Kun Aguero paid to shoot, or is he paid to assist? Hey, he Scores going to score, man. I, this is the one time I wanted Sergio Aguero to be more like Christian <laughs> Benteke. <laughs> but listen. So no, true. I, the one thing that... That made me change my mind in the many ways that I changed my mind in setting my lineup to go with Bernardo Silva. Right. Was entirely the showering of praise that he was getting all summer long from Pep. Say say say, say that quote. So the quote that everyone was was latching onto before the start of the match match week this week was Pep saying of his starting eleven who it was gonna be, that it was Bernardo Silva and ten others. That was the way he put it before Which week one. You can't get much higher praise than that. Right. So, so, you know, then the, you know, when they announced that DeBrana and Silva were both available for selection, I think everyone immediately, it was just panic for anyone who had Manchester City players, whether it was Mares or David Silva or Bernardo Silva. I think everybody immediately just thought, oh, geez, now what? What does that do to whoever it was going to be? And in the end, I just thought, no, I'm going to stick with... I'll, I'll stick with what Pep said. It was my best other option. Otherwise, I was going to put in Pascal Gross. Right. So Bernardo Silva, obviously a better choice than Pascal Gross for week one. Uh, yes. But, you know, yeah. I, I don't, anyone who has a Manchester City player at all, I think, maybe other than Ederson, has got to be a little bit nervous that somebody's going to get rotated. The only other guy that I would be 100% confident in is DeBrona. And then I think Sterling's probably third on the list. You're not confident in, in Ederson? That's what I said. Oh. Did you not hear what You're I said? You're not confident in Stones? <laughs> well, you're not confident yeah. in Mendy? Let's talk about Mendy for a second. Benjamin Mendy was one of 15 players in the league to finish with double-digit fantasy points in game week one. Mm-hmm. As we go throughout the pod today, I'm going to stop where it's relevant and ask you about these guys and ask, is this guy a stud in the FPL? Yeah. In, in FPL, excuse yeah. me? Or will he be a dud? Yeah. Is he a one-week wonder, so sure. to speak? Benjamin Mendy is the first. Dave, I think I know your answer. You said he's one of the players you trust, so you're going to say stud, stud, yes? Stud, absolutely, yep. Brian, stud or dud? Benjamin as Mendy. As long as he's healthy. Sure, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, my, my feeling is... And I can I can confirm this because I, he's in my team now. Is that I think he's a stud. Yeah, that one was easy then. Um, and it's mostly because uh, in the preseason, you know, prior to the season starting, I know one of the stats that people had 
talked about was even though he had a limited run of matches last season before his injury, he uh, five shots on goal and created nine chances in the minutes that he played, which was four matches, something like that. Before you know, it was a li- a very limited amount of time. So, so yeah, I mean, assuming that he is gonna not lose his spot to Danilo or someone like that regularly, I can't mm-hmm. imagine that. Right, I, I can't imagine that he's coming out there there very much. We we need to move on. I, I'm a Mara's owner. I'm you are. I'm nervous. You're a Mara's owner. Yeah. All right. I, but I'm nervous. He yeah. Mara's was not listed in my names of trust. I'm nervous. I'm not making a change this week. I'm not going to be too knee-jerk, but I'm nervous. Okay. Hey, you have to... I mean, whatever happened, though, the next six weeks for Manchester City, like, whatever happened with Arsenal, I feel like is just, it, it just is... It was what it was. You got what you got, but the next six weeks is why you're owning Manchester it's, City. It's all cake. Yeah. It's all cake so the, in the future. So everything that's about to happen to them in the next six weeks is is all golden. Now, looking briefly at Arsenal, because there's not much to see here, uh, they obviously were never going to put up... Honestly, I didn't expect them to put, put up much of a fight against City, just because new manager, some new players in that lineup, although we did see some of the same old faces, namely Peter Cech and goal, and uh, Dave... That was, a, that was a surprise. Dave, he was the highest fantasy scorer with three points on this club. Look, it wasn't It wasn't pretty. <laughs> There was. You're mean. It was. It's fact. It's fact. Hey, look. I'll say this for anyone like Scott who wants to completely (laughs) an arsenal. They, uh, look. There, there will be better days. Okay, there will be better days. Uh, There were some bright spots. I think the manager uh, is learning some things, (laughs) and uh, things will be okay. When you said there'll be better days, I put up three fingers. I do not. I honestly am surprised that they didn't score a goal. I, 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 I felt like this is the kind of game at home. This is the kind of energy you come into a new season. Yep. You got what you wanted. You got a new manager. All the Arsenal optimism. 5-1 against PSG in the preseason. You're rolling through everybody all summer long. And you get to match one. And it was the same like rude awakening you know, wake up call first match that like Brighton got this week. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, it only it only gets easier from here, right? I mean, this was it kind can't of the get gauge. Harder. No, yes. this was the gauge for where they are, and they're not they're not where they want to be. But this is not indicative of what the whole season. And will it's look better like. than them getting crushed by Manchester City in the second half of the season last That's season right. for sure. I mean, well, they, they had their opportunities for sure. But brief comments about three guys. Number one, Hector Bellerin had a decent chance, although the angle was never great, and Bell, uh, Ederson yep. was always going to save his shot. Uh, the only guy who looked like he was going to do anything relevant was Lacazette. When he came on. And if I'm Alexander Lacazette, I'm hoping that I earn myself a starting uh, a starting position at Chelsea next week. Why wouldn't I start? The entire club... The entire squad they, they, galvanized around his they appearance. Did. It, they looked a different club. And then when Torreira came on as well, a lot of the shenanigans that stopped and that then were going on stopped. I got to say, uh, Matteo Genduzzi is who we thought he was, Yeesh. Dave. 
Are you really going to give him the litmus test against City? I'm going to give him the litmus a- test on the swing and miss. On the play that Brian was referencing earlier yeah. where Aguero was selfish, Sergio would not pass it. That whole play happened because of Genduzzi's swing and miss. Okay. So, did anything happen from that play? Luckily, no. Did no. anyone score? No. So, shut your No, but hole. you know when someone did score? Sterling did when he was able to get around Genduzzi. He blew past him. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and there's no doubt. It was no not doubt. a good day for Genduzzi. Look, Scott... That was the first time he's ever set set foot and I'm on the you, field with someone as fast as Raheem Sterling. And you, you know what? Sometimes you get a little bit of a wake up call. Yeah. Um. What's Alex Iwobi done? Like, what did he do wrong? Why didn't he play? He sucks. Dave, really, Dave? The question. Yeah. He's Dave, had four years to play. You've what been has he singing done? his praises for the last four I have years. I never in my life sung Alex Awobi's praises. You've liked Go back Iwobi. and listen to every pod, any pod we have ever recorded. Never once have I sang his praises. You think Ganduzi's better than Awobi? Well, first of all, they play two different positions. Yeah, that's fair. Secondly, uh, Ganduzi has had more assist chances in the preseason than Alex Iwobi in his entire career. Preseason is not real football. <laughs> Dave, the question that you need, and every Arsenal fan yes. is probably trying to sort out, is how much more Granite Xhaka can you guys stand? If I could arrange weird things, if I could arrange <laughs> a Nancy Kerrigan moment, oh my man, gosh. I, I would probably do that Did with Granite Xhaka. Do you just say that out loud? He's... He's wishing violence upon another human <laughs> He's being. wanting to hire. I a wish hitman. him ill. I wish if Look. I wish and hope diarrhea for him that lasts three months. Dave, the thing if I were if I were an Arsenal fan, I would not be all that bent out of shape. I am not. This loss. No, I am not because because, because it was only two nothing. <laughs> I'm not being mean. No, I know you're not. You I know you're not. Scott's, but Scott's, you saw how they were just. Scott. It was disjointed. The, it was the the back was the defense was was it felt disorganized. You could see the frustration when Ozil and anyone else could not connect on things that probably Should. would have been easy for them to do in a different time. Yep. I, I just feel like this is a matter of. It's gonna be. It's gonna take time. It will be okay. And that's the first thing I said on here was, look, that was disappointing. Arsenal will be fine. Look, I was hoping they could maybe nick a point, and I know that that was hopeful. But hey, two zero at home. Two zero at home. Look, I knew this would probably happen. So let's just. Um, McTarian started. Yes, he did. Despite Jaka being there, they didn't do much of anything. Two but points. No, but nobody did. And yeah. Ramsey was fit. To start, that's right. Which, so one point, exactly. So I, I just the wait and see with this. I, I still, I mean, those names are all the potential. There is, I feel like, is big. I agree. I think so, if anything, Arsenal players' ownerships obviously will drop. It'll be a bad knee jerk because they'll probably be tested against the city background. And well, I they, think that, and they play at Chelsea next week. I mean, that's not easy for them either. Chelsea, Chelsea doesn't. We'll get to Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea doesn't frighten me. Right. Eden Hazard does, but Chelsea doesn't. Brian, name the best rock and roll bands of all time. I mean, that's tough. That's tough. Just to give do. me a few. Well, I mean, if you want to go real standard with it, you'd talk about the Beatles. You'd talk about the Rolling Stones. You'd talk about Led Zeppelin and 
I would put Pink Floyd in that list. Well, if Liverpool is rock and roll football, they were as good as some of those bands. ACDC, <laughs> Liverpool 4. No, not for me, but ACDC. So let's just go with the Beatles. They're from Liverpool. What, there you go. Liverpool 4, West Ham nil. Salah, Amane Brace, and just for fun, Daniel Sturridge with one touch and one goal. Hey, money, money. All right, now listen. Brian, I think we have a new segment this week, don't we? We do. We have a new segment. In a segment we like to call Brian and Scott Confession Time (laughs) with Brian and Scott. Yeah. Now, we were very much on the record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As on the record publicly as you can be. Why do we do this again? That there was many, many good reasons not to include Mo Salah in your lineup. That's right. fact. That's right. And... When push came to shove, and it was time to click the submit on the final roster for our lineups. Mm-hmm. You folded! You bunch of folders! I absolutely folded. <laughs> I folded like a like a cheap $1 bill. Yeah. Scott, what'd you do? Well, my, my course of action is well documented. Um... <laughs> Because I was overseeing the uh, the website and the social media accounts. Uh, yeah, sure. So I did a whole blog post called Sala or No Sala and showed the world, not that anyone was looking, but I showed the world right. what a Sala-less lineup yeah. for me looked like and then what a Sala-centered lineup looked like. Right. And when I looked at that Sala-centered lineup, I thought... I could play with that. <laughs> I could play with that. Yeah. So I you literally... guys are apologizing right now to any Potters yeah. that you led astray. Here. But in fairness... We here. did direct you to Sadio Mane. Yes, and that was going to be my point. I did, at least in this manner, honor what I said. I have to confess something later as well. <laughs> but in this sense, I did honor that with Mane... And obviously, the only mistake, one, my biggest mistake this weekend, and Lord knows I am cursed with this. God bless every single mother freaking week. Okay. Ten minutes before the line. Mane was my captain all week. He never left my lineup. In fact, he was probably one of the first guys in my lineup because I wasn't going with Salah. He was my captain. I was going with him, ride or die. For whatever reason, Brian. You ten change, minutes. You change your the mind. The curse of ten minutes before the lineup's lock. I changed it to Christian Erickson, which is not a bad choice. It's a terrible choice. This week, Scott, result-wise, but in this grand scheme of life, is not a bad Christian choice. Christian Erickson is a second-half player. We've learned this over this the last two not, years. Uh, okay. He had, he had more key passes in one game than anyone else all weekend. Suck on those apples. Now, listen. <laughs> How many points did you get for those key passes? <laughs> none. Yeah, exactly. None for those key passes. <laughs> Anyways, the simple fact is, when push came to shove, I felt pushed and shoved (laughs) into owning Salah solely on the ownership percentage. When looking at that number, it's not Kane owned owned at 30%. It's not even like some of the other guys. We just said Kevin DeBrown at 27%. It's fifty four point five percent. That's like just this. Just knowing the the risk of being left behind by fifty four percent, which is almost 
three million people. Right. That's so, a lot of people. So my so what I I hedged entirely on the Liverpool midfield by owning Salah and Mane. I like that was my as soon as I looked at it, I said and I did Which is sa- not a bad move. I did the same thing that Scott did when I, I saw people doing a, a no Salah lineup and I thought, oh man, that actually is really good. It's so balanced. But then when I saw the players I could still do with Salah, I was like, that's still pretty balanced. So That's right. And 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 then I think the other factor was exactly what what I think a lot of people in our mini league had discussed, which was I can easily go from Salah to someone else. Going from anyone else to Salah is going to be near impossible without wildcarding an entire new team. That's right. So, in the end, I I hedged on on those two guys and Andy Robertson, and I am thrilled. Sure. I, would I have loved to have Captain Mane instead of Salah? Yeah, absolutely. Who wouldn't have loved to Captain Ma- Sadio Mane this week? I would love to have had 26 instead of 12. Right. But so, um, let me let me ask you this question. At Crystal Palace next week, I think which it's one do be, you captain? I think it's going to be a really... I think that's going to be such a fun game. <laughs> but who do you captain? Um, Mane or Salah? Or Zaha? So, can, let me ask you another question before I answer. Yeah, let's, let's, there's here, a lot more to here's discuss. My, here was my question. This was the question that I was, I was curious of. This was part of my thinking. What number would Salah have had to got gotten to if you didn't have him? What number would he have had to? What would he have to get in week one for you to say, "Oh, geez, I blew it." Well, his current eight would have been enough to kind of pinprick my skin. One goal is you still say, "Oh, geez, he did it again." Mm-hmm. But it's nowhere near. If he had gotten a brace, a minimum of a brace, I would say even a goal and an assist. I yeah. think you would have just said, "Oh, geez." Got to do it. But this, Sadio Mane makes the debate, to me, alive. Fully alive. Mane, Mane was offside on his second goal. He was offside. So, yeah. But it went in, and it counted. Yep. And he got credit for it, and he finishes with a brace, and Salah doesn't. The other thing that the Fantasy Premier League has had to write an article about this week was why Mo Salah finished with fewer bonus points in the bonus point system than Allison did. So he is not... Last season, was the comparison was between him and Firmino. Uh, last season, um, he scored bonus points in 11 of the 24 matches in which he scored a goal. So less than half of the matches that he played resulted in him getting bonus points. Hmm. And it's because last season he missed... 23 big chances, which was the most of anyone in the Premier League. He shot, He had 44 shots off target, and he was dispossessed 95 times, which was the fourth highest of anyone in the Premier League. Do you have it in front of you how many times he was dispossessed in this match? Because it I, was a few different times. I don't, but I, but yes, it was a handful of times. Yeah. Uh, Wilfred Zaha is dispossessed a ton yeah. as well. He was, I think, most last season. So it's not like that. It's not like great it's not players like don't get right. It's not like it's, and that's not a knock on him as a player because great players it happens to everybody. But, but you know what that does count against. But it counts against bonus, bonus points. points. It counts against in the bonus point system. And the comparison was to Roberto Firmino, who got bonus points in almost every match that he scored a mm-hmm. goal. 
And it's for, forwards get more bonus points anyway than midfielders do. But it's also for the reasons why Klopp loves him. It's the things that he does that sometimes go unseen. Right. And so this match, it was it was Mane. It was who else got the? I know Allison was the was thir- was like fifth on the list. He was like the last person. But Milner maybe got him. M- e- either way, it was not Salah, and that could very well just happen all season long. I mean, he unless Salah so, so, is so, the, so you're telling me Mane is three point five billion dollars cheaper. He's on penalties and he's more that, apt that we know of. That we know of. And he's more apt to score bonus points. It's interesting to me. Right. I, I'm not saying that it's like, oh, get Salah out of your lineup and get somebody who's going to get you some bonus points. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying, I think this... Oh, it was Mane, Robertson, and Allison were 1, 2, and 3 in bonus points this week. I had it right in front of me this whole time. Oh, silly. Well, so, all of that to say, I say the debate is still on. Yeah. I, I think it definitely. I think is. it rages on. There's there are people who are transferring Salah out this week. I think it's seventeen thousand people had transferred him out hmm. uh, this week. Uh, How many we transfers have, in? A good bit more than that. <laughs> yeah, but either way, it's still it's not something that's like oh everyone is getting him in. His price isn't changing. Mm, it's not enough. Probably to not enough to affect not, his price. I agree. Two quick things about Liverpool. Number one, if you didn't listen to me and you listen to Dave and Brian about which defender on Liverpool you own, you're happy. Robertson's 11 is better than Virgil's 6. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a good move if you went with Robertson for one week anyway. Uh, Andy Robertson, I'm not even going to ask Stutter Dud. I think we all are unanimous. He's going to be a stud. Yeah, so. he's, and Yeah, he's so good. And then the other thing, Dave, I thought of you immediately when I saw the lineup. Trent Alexander-Arnold starting it right back over Nathaniel Klein. And I started TAA. Good for you. That was bold. Funny, if he wouldn't have started, which means he... Because most defenders, like, if you don't start, you typically won't play. Usually, right? But he did start, which meant Juan Basaka didn't come into my lineup. That's sad. (laughs) Now, looking at West Ham briefly, I think the biggest takeaway you can have from this match, if you're a Hammers fan like Brian is, is that this fixture is now out of the way. Yeah. I look at this... Exactly like the Arsenal match for West Ham. I'm not sure. Look, they had a bunch of low-scoring fantasy players. I I think they got some little bit of kinks. They got a lot of new blood over there. They got some kinks to work out. I think West Ham is going to be okay. They're going to be okay. I think the interesting thing to look at is who played and who didn't. Cresswell did not play. Yeah, that was one of the big ones that I was I was surprised. I. Uh, I don't think that's a permanent thing. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's a match fitness thing, because there is not. There's nothing. There's no. There's, there's nothing no cursed of, triangle. No, there's nothing official about him. Yeah. There's nothing official about him being injured. There is no injury uh, concern with him. So, yeah. I mean, that's definitely odd. Uh, there was a little bit of an issue with Marco Arnautovic. There. Uh, there was. Carrying a slight knock, I believe, is the way Ben Dinnery put it. But it's it wasn't enough to keep him out of the, obviously not enough to keep him out of the match against Liverpool. You'd be crazy to keep him out of the match. But man, oh man, was it frustrating watching him play? I mean, absolutely alone yeah. up top, and like having to scrounge and scrap for even the slightest touch of the ball. Felipe Anderson was not great. No. 
Uh, hey, he's going to have to learn this league. He had multiple times where he thought he was playing in a different league, and but it that's didn't why work you don't. All, that's why you think twice before you transfer in yeah. new signings to yeah. the league. You I, need. You I need, agree. They need some time. You need a minute. And but no, I agree. And and it's funny because even uh, West Ham's uh, West Ham themselves had a you know their a fantasy expert or something that was on their website giving you know you know kind of who to own how to play kind of a uh a uh article on their website and even that hammers hammers own guy said I'm I'm avoiding Fabianski and Marco and some of the other options that I will own later I'm avoiding them in the early part of the season it's just too tough mm-hmm. and and too many new guys, too much new happening. Give it a minute. Mm-hmm. Eventually, absolutely. Fine. Same in a way. There's a lot. There was a lot like Newcastle had a, has a similar yep. thing, only with less desirable players. Fun fact: Not a single West Ham defender scored a positive point in fantasy in game week one. Why would there be fun fact? That's just interesting. That hey, no defender. There's nothing the, fun about that. There's. I have fun with that. Oh well, you're the Liverpool. Well, sure. Pain. Fabian Balbuena, though, had a negative one. He did. So the net scoring of West Ham defenders in fantasy is negative Not one. true. Fabianski had one, so technically it's zero. Well, okay. Manchester United 2, Leicester 1. Paul Pogba with the weirdest penalty kick goal ever. <laughs> Luke Shaw with a very nice goal late. Uh, all of that overtakes Jamie Vardy's late attempt to bring the Foxes back into it. Screw Jamie Vardy. So the biggest the biggest thing that we need to discuss is I say obviously Paul Pogba because it is now Jose Mourinho official that Paul Pogba is on, the, is the first choice penalty taker for Manchester United. You know is, is he? You know who yeah. doesn't like that? Alexis Sanchez. Now, yeah, I, there was an argument between there was, the two of them. And so Manchester Evening News says that the discussion between Sanchez and Pogba was Sanchez lobbying to take the kick because he won the penalty and Pogba pulling rank and and saying that he was going to take it, and he did. You know what Pogba said? He goes, uh, hey, young young man, are you a, you a World Cup winner? I don't think so. <laughs> I am. The, the issue is that Alexis Sanchez has scored only three of his last eight penalties. Oh, wow. And Pogba has made four of his last five. And to confirm officially, Jose Mourinho said, the thinking is Pogba, he is a very good penalty taker and likes the responsibility of it, and he is first choice. Interesting. Now, he says, obviously, game situation, personnel, and and the penalty first choice penalty taker's desire can change. If he decides for some reason he doesn't want to take it, that someone else will. But... But for him, it's Pogba. Now, Paul Pogba put up 10 points. So, stutter dud looking forward in FPL this season. Captain Paul Pogba. I can't think of anyone that is $8 that is... No, Brian, you're wrong. He's now 8.1. He already's up. He was yep. the most one of the most purchased players of any player going into the week. These point sure. ones are going to really start messing I'll with tell you. I'll tell you what. I... I, I I believe in World Cup Pogba. I believe stud. I agree. I think he's a stud. Eight dollars. He could put if he's eight dollar eight dollar price to shame. This is the same Paul Pogba who was trying to leave as early as five days ago. Yeah. No, you don't have proof of that. He never he gets, came out and said that. 
This is the same hazard thing you said. There's no proof of it. There's a bunch of hearsay from the tabloids. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But, but you are, in fairness, you are speaking very matter-of-factly. I just want to say, you might be right. I don't know that you're wrong. No one is up. No, I don't. I haven't seen it factly yet. <laughs> no one. No Fair one enough. will defend the sun more vehemently than Scott Weeby. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, I'll defend the sun. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's oh, a joke. Okay, good. Uh, no, but I am. I'm skeptical. Uh-huh. That's uh huh. That's fair. I'm skeptical. Like there are lots of good feelings. I think the biggest knee jerk reaction from the weekend is coming out of Manchester. Specifically, the red side of Manchester. Yeah. I think they got the three points. It, it was a fair result to them. But I think that this is a big overreaction. I think that all of the oh. underlying bad feelings coming out of all of the things Josie Mourinho has been saying all summer long, and especially at the end of the transfer window, I mean, he was desperate to get a central defender. Luckily for him, Bailly and Lindelof showed up. They each only scored two Man, points Bailly in fantasy. Bailly was good. Wow. Mm -hmm. But at the moment things start to turn south a little bit, this is all going to come rushing back. Well, you, can't have, the, you can't have it both ways with Jose Mourinho. All the first uh, price changes are official as of not Mon too, too long ago. What's today, Monday? Mm -hmm. Mo Monday night. So Luke Shaw is one of those guys who now is let's talk about Luke Shaw. He put up eleven points largely thanks to his goal, which was a great goal. But is Luke Shaw moving forward an FPL stud or dud? I I I would ahead, lean Dave. dud, but I don't feel great about that. But again, I'm only choosing because I have to choose one or the other. I am very nervous about Ashley Young and Valencia, Antonio Valencia, when they are healthy and how that will play in. Brian, I think you might have a little bit more to say that. If I knew Shaw was playing, I would say dud. So I only I don't question the talent. I question the playing time. Brian, what do you have? If you had the if whatever the cheapest way into Manchester United defense is, you would take it no matter who it is. I which I did. So I, in so in the case of Price, I would say that Luke Shaw's stud, but you're exactly right. Playing time is is exactly the question. Also Manchester Evening News, Matteo Darmian is on standby to leave before the Serie A transfer window closes this week. There's nothing clear about Antonio Valencia's injury yet and Jose Mourinho what likelihood is there of clarity with an injury situation <laughs> that they have we know from him that Diogo Dalo is the earliest we would see him is September so if Darmian leaves the speculation is that Ashley Young would have to move to the right to the right side leaving Luke Shaw alone in his position so in that case, it would just be a matter of how quickly do these other guys get healthy and what happens when they do. Yeah, if and I would say his like was Luke Shaw's performance great? Do you think it was that good? I think everyone agrees that his first touch on his goal was it was absolutely unintentional. It was bad. That the ball bounced in a place that was like Holy cow, I can't believe it went there. No, his goal is only spectacular because his first touch required it of him. Right. So 
I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. I think that Leicester, we can, I can't, I, Leicester, we want to talk about Leicester too. I feel like they were spectacularly unlucky to not have more than a goal. No. So, yeah, I mean, am I looking at this and saying like, oh yeah, I got to have Luke Shaw in my lineup? Well, maybe if if no. I knew the position was stable, but I'm not. I'm not going to do it precisely because I think there's way too much injury concern. There's way too much going on here to know for sure. I'll weigh in for the first time and say I'm going to be on the record saying Luke Shaw is an FPL dud. Okay. Okay. I, I, I want to say this. Going into this week, I had this decision. I wanted a piece of the Manchester United defense, and I wanted the cheapest way in, and it was either Shaw or Lindelof. And I went with Lindelof only because I don't want to. I didn't want to have to make a transfer three weeks from now or two weeks from now because Shaw is now not playing, and Lindelof, typically with with uh, Mourinho. Like, if he has some center backs that play well, he's going to stay with them, right? So I figured Lindelof is is pre- fairly safe. Fairly safe, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Now, therefore, the Vardy goal really killed me, and I didn't get any of Shaw's points. Well, let's move there. Uh, only after I point out the fact that 8% of players who own Romelu Lukaku were probably upset that they only got one point mm-hmm. from his substitute appearance. Was that like 59 minutes or something? Yeah. But now we move on to Leicester City, and there's some positive things here, even though there's only a couple of guys who have that reflected in their fantasy scores. Vardy, obviously, the goal scorer, put up six points. The other guy who put up a respectable amount of points was Ricardo with four. Um, First of all, can I just say I am thrilled that this podcast talked about Pereira extensively in July. That's right. Um, He looks like a Premier League defender. So... Yeah, he played the right wing in what was, you know, basically a a four two three one. He's playing absolutely out of position as a five dollar defender. Uh, two key passes. This is your stat explosion for so Ricardo hold on, but Pereira. I, I think what you just said. We're going to talk about a few players which we haven't got to yet. Some at some point. Uh, this is not going to be a two part pod. We will get to it. <laughs> there was multiple defenders this week. Listed defenders in FPL that were playing in midfield advanced positions. Pereira was one of them. Two key passes. He won four aerial duels. He led the defense in tackles with four. He had still had two interceptions and two clearances. For, for comparison, Maguire and Wes Morgan each had three clearances. He put in six crosses. Which Ben Chilwell, who looked amazing in Chilwell this game, looked fantastic. Chilwell mm. put in eight. No, you don't no, think so? That's not debatable. I want to debate it. You think that it was a? You think that it was a mirage? I think he did a great job of bringing the ball into the United half. And I then think, he wasted his chances when he got forward. I really think far. once he got there, he got lost. Okay, I didn't know what to do. Fair enough. And at that point. I ask, what's the point? Because if you can't do anything with the ball once you're there, then all you are is out of position and susceptible to the counter. Yeah, that's fair. I think my my optimism for, for Foxes was entirely on guys, I feel like, that we, at least two of the guys that we talked about, Damari Gray and Ricardo Pereira, the two, the two big ones. But I... I think, you know, a lot of people saw, I felt like Chilwell showed his, you know, at times his potential, at least his quality. One point in this match. Now, look, exactly. we, we, we do need to make a, 
we need to stick with Ricardo and then Andreas Pereira. There's two Pereiras that play. No, in we this need match. Ricardo Pereira only. I do not care about about Manchester United's Pereira. Okay. He is uninteresting and unownable. Okay. This is Ricardo Pereira, right. $5 defender for Leicester City who is playing on the right wing. He if if Madison doesn't get absolutely like the most stunning De Gea save of the day. Mm-hmm. If Madison scores the goal like he probably would 9 out of 10 times on that exact kick. We're talking about a Ricardo Pereira brace of assists in this match because it was Pereira who put the pass in the perfect spot right in the center of the box for Madison to get absolutely the unluckiest placement of all time. That was when James Madison realized what league he was playing in. I think so. But James Madison looked really good as well. In the first half, for sure. Right. Would you rather own Pereira from Leicester? Or Trent Alexander-Arnold. They're both listed currently at a 5 Can I answer that? Can I answer that? Yes, of course. I would want to own Ricardo Pereira. Okay. Brian. He he, oh. ahead, he impressed me. You, you know about my infamous eye test. Yeah, you love it. Ricardo Pereira passed the eye test. Sure. I, I have to say, Claude Puel brought in Premier League bodies mm-hmm. into his squad. Lester looked good. Yeah. And you know who else looked good is Ianacho, and it hadn't showed up yeah, yet. Very much. Don't Can I be contrarian oh about that too? Oh my gosh! Where did his touch go? Where did his his finishing you mean touch the, go? You mean the like seventy five percent conversion rate Manchester City touch? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good question. He needed that in this match. Yeah. Leicester needed that in this match, and it always felt like it was like the train was leaning off the rails when they were in their final third, and that's what contributed, I think, to them losing this match. Vardy, this squad was it was a it was a night and day difference when Vardy was up there. For this I squad am really in interested half. to see if they start Ianacho and Vardy together. If they that, should. If that happens, then it then I think you rethink your third cheap striker as being Ianacho. They're, 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 they're home yeah, to wolves. I, home to wolves this yeah, week. Maybe. Look, I'm just saying. I think Damari Gray at five and a half, one point two percent ownership. Could easily be your your fifth midfielder. You Probably should be. We could talk about Neves when we get to Wolves, but mm. uh, but no, I I was really impressed with every guy. Jamie Vardy is seven percent owned. Seven percent. Jamie Vardy every year is in the top four striker scoring. Seven so. percent. Do you know who's owned more than him? Marcus Rashford, eleven point two percent. If you are not transferring. Marcus Rashford to Jamie Vardy, and you're if you're a Rashford owner hearing this, and you're not doing that already, what are you doing? What, You've what already given you up. Doing? You've already given up. In what season. for world we live? Newcastle one, Tottenham two. Yosulu scoring for Newcastle, but it's not enough in the face of Jan Vertonghen's goal. Man, and then Delhi's game winner. In uh, your face, Scott. My face. Ali looked right at the camera after he scored and said, <laughs> in your face, Scott. That's fair. I, I will say... No, uh, no, you know what I thought? Yeah. Holy crap, Ali and Kane are starting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Another surprise. Yeah. Well, I don't think the Kane... Look, the mirror, Whether whatever you think of them, they were the first ones to talk about Kane returning early to train with the team, which was a... Not a. Uh, I don't think any. I mean, I don't think anyone's all that surprised by that. I don't think anyone's surprised at all that Kane would start Week One. 
It's not I, I, only surprising in the sense of world late World Cup return and match fitness. Right. But for him, it's like sure. I need to get back in there. Uh, goals are my goals are my wife. I want that golden boot. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying. But the August curse continues. Is like last year, I was on record saying this is a real thing, and you guys were yelling at me like I was crazy. <coughs> is the August curse of Harry Kane a real thing? Well, he didn't play bad. Well, that's, but, that's not the question. But, but look, he, he can't did not score. score. Well, he put no, up one fantasy point. Well, last year it was worse because the all of the underlying statistics of it were made it look like an actual curse, where it seemed absolutely impossible that somebody with that many attempts. That many clear-cut opportunities didn't put one of them away. And the number of times he hit the woodwork in the first four weeks was like yeah, that was, a, a pure miracle. Was absurd. This so, year, I feel like the World Cup is actually helping him hide the fact that he has an August curse. Yeah, I mean, I, my feeling is I, I want him, and I still would ignore the August curse, but I can't do it. The money is just not easy. I can't do it. And going from Aguero to Kane... Is I mean that's a that's a multi week move. Now one guy on Spurs hit double digits, and that was Jan Vertonghen, the first goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Is he an FPL stud or dud? He's a definitive stud. lifelong stud. Yeah, I agree. It, the Spurs will be good defensively all year. And if your lack of hesitation, both of you, in answering that surprises me. Well, it it shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, it's the. I mean, it is. Well, I just know. I just know that it was like there was such a narrow margin. I'm just saying. Can I, can I tell you how narrow that was? Yeah, absolutely. Do you All have right. a stat of the day on this? I'm gonna make it Scott's stat of the day. Oh, great. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Stat of the day, Dave. Yes. Is the number nine. Number nine. Nine. That represents the number of millimeters by which Jan Vertonghen's goal went over the line. Love Wait, crap, the, are you love, serious? Love the goal decision oh my gosh. process. I will say nine millimeters. That's hardly anything. That's, that's like hardly a hu- that's anything. like a human hair. <laughs> little, little more than that. That's a thick hair, Brian. Come on. But I will say, <laughs> I don't know what kind disgusting. of hair. I don't know what kind of hair folks have out there. <laughs> I will say this. VAR might be somewhat controversial among English-speaking citizens of this world. However, the goal decision system is not controversial at all, and I love it. Regardless of VAR or anything else, the goal decision system is probably the greatest thing to happen. What I to wish, club football. I wish they could somehow pause the game. In one, like this is not a tennis podcast, but I love in tennis when like they throw it up on the Hawkeye. big screen, Hawkeye, and yeah. then everyone knows the challenge is coming, yep. and the crowd goes claps. Oh, and then all of a sudden the ball bounces, and then they see the result, and you know they cheer or they moan, you know, bending yep. on on the result of of the the uh, competitor that they're rooting for. That's right. Hey, big shout to Davidson Sanchez leading the team with three shots in the match. You get, you go five man. bonus, five, or not bonus, five points yeah. for Davidson. Assisted the Vertonghen goal. He tried to claim the Vertonghen. Goal. <laughs> he really did. He, <laughs> oh, he celebrated. That, like, like, that wasn't even that close, and he tried no, to listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say that that was the best assist celebration of the season, right there, hands yeah. down. It's done. No hey, one else needs to try to claim. I it. love Davidson Sanchez. I thought even for Colombia, I'll take in that the guy on my team. Man, that guy day. was good. Yeah, he was I good agree. this summer. But what about Serge Aria? He also assisted a listen, goal and hey, and got Brian, five get, points. Get to as this well. because holy cow, Brian, you love Spurs. Look, we talked about this already. I do, and 
this drives me crazy. In a segment we like to call, man, I wish owning Spurs right back was a viable strategy. <laughs> I, like, I know everyone wants them to nail on a guy here, but they're both good, proven by what I would say is proven by. We said this. Aria had 77 points in 16 starts last season. That's, that is 4.8 points per start. Trippier, Karen Trippier had 113 points in 21 starts last season. 5.4 points per start. That's, that is so nice. You want that kind of pr- production from your defenders per start. Owning both of them, if you want to throw $12 and you start Aria and, 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 uh, and Trippier every week, I know it looks crazy, but like you know for sure one of the two of them is playing and you know that it's going to be a productive position. That's 190 points from Spurs right back Good last grief. season. Cesar Azpilicueta scored 175 last season. Spurs right back scored 190. So, yeah. I, like, man, it's just it's just $12 for two guys from the same team, and you know that only one of them is going to play? I mean, it, it might be a reason why you strategize a decent bench player knowing that one of those guys isn't going to play. And Tottenham can be frustrating just as much as City at times, because they do also have a heavy rotation. But they're getting so much criticism, especially Mauricio Pochettino, because they're the first club in Premier League history to not make a signing in the summer window, yeah. right? Didn't make a single signing. But can I tell you, can I name four names for you among defenders who did not play? Yes. Kieran Trippier, Toby Eldervireld, Danny Rose, Kyle Walker-Peters. Now, I know that the positions aren't perfect there, but that's four defenders who didn't play behind the four defenders who did. Yeah. Name for me a defender that needed to be replaced by a new signing. Let me let me let me go further. Sun, Lamella, Wanyama, Winks. Mm-hmm. Midfielders who didn't start. Yeah. Tell me, who among those names need to be replaced by a new signing who's going to be a midfield backup? Well, and and it's the reason why, I mean, you sign nobody, but I my thought was if you actually do like Pochettino said over the summer he said it's a Steve Nash my favorite basketball player of all time I mean Brian's two worlds colliding. yeah that was such a that was such a massive world colliding was realizing that Steve Nash is a Spurs Spurs and Steve Nash colliding Um, no that that Pochettino has said repeatedly it's this is about us developing the players we have we need to focus on developing the people we have and so yeah, I mean, if you believe in the guys you have, yeah. Do you need to sign anyone? Well, it'd be nice, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, why? But, why do you but, say that? Well, so the only reason why, on. and the debate was with, especially with the NBC, with with the Robbies, with you know, with with Kyle Martino and everybody else, it was the 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 danger of team stagnation. Bringing in a new face, bringing in a new player can help can help like. Uh, uh, Mix it up a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got. I, I can't. I can't listen to this anymore. I'm just saying that right. this it, is what people were saying on the TV. I know, and I. I think everybody is wrong on this. You have an entire team. I named a bunch of guys, most of which are in their 20s, lower, yeah. lower to mid 20s. They have yet to hit the primes of their career, of their careers. I just named for you pretty much. I mean, I'll throw Fernando Llorente out there. Is he Harry Kane? Of course not. The backup is not going to be the same as the right. starter behind Harry Kane. But is he a capable backup in the Premier League? Yes. 
Yeah. I have owned him when he played for Swansea. Yeah. Now, that is nearly an entire 11, leaving out Michelle Vorm, who has also started in the Premier League, mind you. That's pretty much an entire starting 11. On the bench. Or at least backup 11 on your bench. Right. Tottenham Um, had nowhere where they had to improve. Not a single place in their squad where they had to improve. And most of their guys are entering into the primes of their career. So are you really going to say that bringing in a token signing, which, by the way, last January, Lucas Mora was almost that guy. He was essentially a token signing. Now, he started in this match, you know, whatever. He scored and, two points. And he was real fine. nice preseason for Lucas Mora. Yeah, he's fine. He, he was a fine addition. But at this point, because he's there now, there's nowhere else they needed to improve. If you think... Kane can get a little yeah, bit better. You, Delhi can get a little bit better. Out. Trippier there's, can get a little bit better. I mean, Dave, there's 20 guys. I'm not saying I disagree with who you. Who can all play for Spurs, and they might not be at their best yet. If you think you can still get the best out of them, you don't need to bring anybody else in. Do you in. think the Spurs are going to finish top four? 100% yes. I would bet, I would bet my mortgage on I that. was shocked how many uh, pundits... Put Tottenham third. So I, I think that the 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 assumption is one two is basically locked up, and I saw plenty of people who were putting Tottenham third. Arsenal and Chelsea they are, are absolutely third place capable this season. Yes, they are. They absolutely are. Their their competition is Manchester United yeah. for third place. Arsenal and Chelsea have to figure things out. Could they do that by November and maybe salvage a fourth place season? Yes. I thought this match, they, you know, I mean, I, I think a little bit of, you know, it was a little bit sluggish. I think Newcastle also very unlucky to not equalize Salomon Rondon's shot deflected to the absolute center of the Newcastle top of the Newcastle deserves credit. They put yeah. up a fight here. Absolutely right. Scott, you hate both players. Who would you rather own, Paul Pogba or Deli Ali? They are not the exact same price. No. And that, that does influence my decision. At this point, I'd probably go Pogba on, based on the price. Brian, would you rather own Riyad Mahrez or Deli Ali? Same price. Oh, I'd rather have Deli. Just on assurance of play of playing. I time. agree. I agree. Only I am a Mahrez owner. I am nervous. I'm going to give out the uh, first ever, the renamed Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award. It's well documented that we took that away from uh, Cameron Jerome. And yep. Christian Benteke earned Christian the right. Christian Benteke earned it fair and square. To have this award yeah, named sorry, after Cam. him last year. Cameron Jerome was good at the end of the season for the, <laughs> for the championship <laughs> last year. This is not a championship podcast. Uh, the first ever winner, though, of the Benteke Award is going to go to Kennedy. No. I mean, that man had, he had three-fourths of the pitch yeah. open to him. Everyone was drawn to the right side. The ball gets crossed to the left side, and it's Kennedy and no one except Hugo Lloris. It's Kennedy and himself. And Kennedy has the worst first touch (laughs) I've seen in a long time, and it leads to his inability to score. And this did impact the result. It was a perfect perfect storm of heavy, terrible first touch and perfectly quick, good reaction for Lloris. That's right. And so, um, therefore, Kennedy wins the first ever Christian Benteke wasteful play. Now, in Gordon. fairness to Kennedy, he was a menace in this game. Just on stat line, six interceptions. He was fouled five times. Two fantasy points. Six successful dribbles. 
two for the most points. for the week. I'm just saying, two I get fantasy. Points. A heavy first touch crushed his one v one, but five bucks for a menace in midfield. I would be okay with that. Listen, after this run of terrible matches that Newcastle yes, have, yes, I will happily. I would happily make Kennedy my. I will defender. not. However, Martin Dubrovka showed me something with some of his saves. Yep. And he is going to be a great keeper. Newcastle hey. schedule's horrible. You don't want anyone Dumb. there. Look, not yet. Not yet. My other choice would have been DeAndre Yedlin, but uh, knee injury for Yedlin look a bit, uh, looked a bit hyperextended-y uh, hmm. when they replayed it. Uh, the assumption is on crutches. Uh, well, he was he was seen leaving uh, on crutches. Assumption is he's not going to be available for the week, and it could be an extended injury, which stinks. Yeah, it does. Absolutely does. Hello, Javi Mankio. That's it, pretty much it. Huddersfield nil, Chelsea three. The goal scorers in this one wouldn't have predicted this entirely, but Conte, yeah, Jorginho on a PK, and then Pedro, Dave's favorite. Pedro. Can we just get one thing out of the way before you even say I, anything? Yeah, go for I it. I pumped Pedro in the preseason. Yeah, you did pod. great on that. You did great. You did great, and you were right. However. Huddersfield, nothing to see here. Yes, good. Moving no, on. No, nothing to see. Ben here. Hamer, surprise start at goalkeeper, maybe. Uh, only that we we knew that Lursel was a was a possible doubt that there was a bit of a knock and that Hamer could start. Yeah, nothing beside. Uh, any, well, there's no one here. Two points was the highest any Chelsea uh, Huddersfield player scored against Chelsea. So let's just um, focus on Chelsea. The, the one thing I would like to say in negativity towards Huddersfield. <laughs> they scored, just a reminder, they scored zero goals in 21 matches last season. They only scored in six of their away matches last season. Mm. The continuation of the 2017-2018 Premier League season for Huddersfield continues. That's exactly right. Now, I have a formula on my spreadsheet here that highlights... Oh! In, in a segment <laughs> we like to call Scott's Magical, unforeseen spreadsheet. It highlights in green any players score above five. Five uh -huh. and above. Yep. There's a lot of green on the Chelsea spreadsheet. Yeah, there is. Man. Do we overreact to this by buying all the Chelsea guys? Or do we just say, nah, they were playing Huddersfield? Um, both. Here's my. Would you say both? My is that an answer? No. Oh, that was not an option. <laughs> that's that's contradictory. Okay, so Brian, in a segment we like to call Brian's stat of the of the week. You don't have a segment called Brian's stat of the Eden week. In Hazard, four played, points played fourteen minutes. He completed the stat. The number is six. There you go. <laughs> what six? You say six successful dribbles for Eden Hazard in 14 minutes. Guess who led in dribbles for the week? <laughs> Eden Hazard in 14 minutes had the most of anyone. Guess who led the World Cup in that exact category? Eden Hazard. By a long shot. Now, Is that why he had four points? No, he had four points because he assisted Pedro's goal in 14 minutes off the bench. This is exactly why I say both, because it was against Huddersfield. Right. Tired, conceded defeat already, Huddersfield. But it was on a counterattack. It was exactly what he did two months ago with Belgium. It was exactly the same. In 14 minutes, 
He did it in 14 minutes. Scott, I agree with everything Brian said. I hate Chelsea, but do they have some valid fantasy plays? Yeah. Pedro? Mm. Is it too soon to say that, though? I mean, I'm not really. doing anything about Pedro. There's only I, it's the Listen, same guy that I wanted. I want Eden in Hazard. The, I want I if, want if, him if somewhere Hazard, somehow. And I think he'll be starting next week. I want him in my lineup. What about Marcus Alonso? He put up double digit points. Is he a stud or a dud? Eleven He's not points. Double digits all the time. I think he is a stud. He's 6.5, and he's so expensive in the defense. Well, but, you'd be happy to have had a $6.5 defender and 11 points. Exactly. I right. had Robertson at 6.0, and I was happy with that. Well, look, what I, I think the question... A lot I had Juan Basaka at 4.0, and I was happy with that. Look, More on that in a bit. The question, the question for everyone is, what exactly is this 4-3-3 mm-hmm. going to look like for Chelsea? Right. And so week one against Huddersfield, when they're not starting a bunch of guys that you know are going to probably next week. Gary Cahill? No, I, he's not starting. I, I mean, no matter what, I think there's just I think there's just plenty to be seen here, and Huddersfield's not exactly the greatest test to no. see what the best of Chelsea is going to be. Ross Barkley started. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. He started over Ruben Loftus-Cheek and a few other guys. Yeah, that's frustrating. By the way, Tammy Abraham's still on their roster. He is. So is Olivier Giroud. So just yeah, Alvaro Morata started in place of those two guys. Put up two. Morata was points. the worst player on the pitch for them. I think there's a lot of people uh, hoping for a Morata and looking for a Morata uh, resurgence, a renaissance, a, a, a rebirth. What's, what's are, what are the ways can I talk about him coming Murata back sunrise? and being better? I think again? they're wrong. Well, so either way, I just think there's plenty. I think there's too much to be seen here. I'm going to go ahead and put myself out there as saying Alonso is going to be an FPL stud. I think even that's, though I don't think that's a bad prediction at even all. Even though I question whether or not it was a penalty when he, I guess, got kicked in the foot, if you want to say it that way. Yeah, that I don't led think to the it was, right? Is that, is that when they both kicked the ball at the same yes, time? Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't think like that, that was call. a crap call. Yeah, I, I didn't like that call at all. Um, congrats to everyone who owned N'Golo Conte as their cheap as their cheap midfielder and really the quick, points for him or Jorginho yeah. uh, getting so penalties. Nine points. Jorginho being on penalties, great, fine. That will disappear once Hazard shows up, which will be this next week. But you continue to own Jorginho. That's fine. It's whatever. He's not killing you. Uh, he's a 5-0. Honestly, that's probably decent value at that's 5-0. That's actually a really good price. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. But let me tell can, you can something. I say he's, that's, Antonio, a re- that's a really good price because he is a sorry purchase. Yeah, sorry, he's gonna play. His Came guy. in and right. was essential, Agreed. essential yeah. to very, the team from the moment very, that he stepped on uh, when he put a jersey. Very on. good point. He is very undervalued, right? But N'Golo Conte scored one goal in the past year. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't so overreact. The fact to that. that if anyone started N'Golo Conte and didn't start Jorginho, okay, you do not know what you're doing. You are, I got lucky, guy. You don't. Like you that. are. You are. I am playing <laughs> poker and I'm. I'm in a hand that I shouldn't be, and all of a sudden the river card comes, and I win, but I didn't know what I was doing when I got there. And Golo Conte is never, has never, will never be a proper fantasy play. Hey, chips are chips, man. Uh, you don't like that Conte was playing a little bit more forward? No. He, then, then, his then, goal was accidental. And he kicked it. <laughs> it was accidental. Oh, hey. He didn't mean to score. We um, need to move on. Yeah, I agree. All right. Probably the talking point match of the weekend is next. Wolves 2, Everton 2. Fun game. It was a good one. 
Neves and Jimenez putting in the goals for Wolves. Richarlison putting in both for the Toffees. Where are we going first, Wolves? Well, first of all, let's just clear up right away that uh, Richarlison's calf injury, for which he was subbed off a little early in this match, is not expected to be serious. He Good. is expected to be fit and available for I South. I will only believe this if Dinnery approves it. Now he put <sighs> up four. Richarlison, not Dinnery. Richarlison put up fourteen points because of his brace. Mm-hmm. FPL, and his price is up. Well, of course, of course it is. It is. Course FPL it is. stud it or dud. We predicted this. He starts No, he's going to be a stud. He's not going to be a 14-point stud every week, but he's going to be a stud assuming health. $6.5 for that guy is... is no, I, I think you're wrong. We, it's think, 6.6. Well, now, but to start the season, I feel like that was an absolutely easy... There's, I feel like that was the, the a non-risk. Before this performance... Was it close or not close, Richarlison and Pascal Gross? Not, I, not close. close. No, I wouldn't not have been. Not yeah. close. Even though Pascal Gross outscored him last Richarlison year. Richarlison, to yes. start the season, as a knowing his attacking prowess, I he was he was an absolute fixture. He was one of the few guys that no matter what team I was making to start the he season, was always on it. that I could not remove him. There was nobody else around his price point that made me say, oh, yeah, I'm going to get that as guy. As we said in our season preview pod, it wasn't until Marco Silva was fired that Richarlison stopped being a fantasy play. Now, when we get to Watford, we can bring this up again. But, uh, yes, exactly. I think what he started here doing is exactly what... It's, it's better than what he started doing last season, and it took him exactly a half a match in week one to raise everyone's eyebrows. Now, there's a big negative three on the Everton list, and that's for Phil Jagielka. He earned a red card for his serious foul play yeah, you, on, you, on Diogo Jota. He seriously Jota. foul played his chance to play the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, RIP Phil Jagielka's FPL usefulness. Not we'll that anyone was playing him. But I'm sure some people will. Were? Maybe. Maybe. But... See ya, see ya, bud. Sorry, you just lost your spot. He's probably going to lose his spot, at least for some time, injury permitting. He, he's out for three matches, it would seem, because it was a serious foul play tackle. It was a one point. And he's that is, by one point seven percent. We're not going to get into it, but that was harsh. I disagree. That it was serious. Come on, serious foul play. First of all, they they didn't even know exactly why they called the red card. They it changed the, multi, no, multiple no, times no, 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 in the no, match. No, no, no. Listen, 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 listen. I got to correct you here. The announcers didn't understand it, and that happens all no, the time. No, they understood it. They no, were they getting did not. it relayed. They were getting it relayed from the fourth official on what was told who to fills Marco out, Silva. Who fills out the match report at the end of the match? Kevin Friend, the referee. Understood. Not the fourth official. So I, I don't know where that came from. Okay. But it was not a denial of a goal scoring opportunity, of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. It was serious foul play. And when Kevin Friend filled out his report, it was serious foul play. Even he though the studs were down. He he he, he studded did. his shin he did. above his ankle. He, he that hit, is serious he foul hit, play. No, he hit the ball low. Doesn't matter if he hit the ball. He, he tackled hit, him with his stud into the ankle, above the I ankle said of we the player. Get in there. Anyways, let's move on because we disagree. There was a lot of people disagreeing. The fact that he got serious foul play on something that was somewhat controversial it was a red is card. bull crap. It was a red card. It wasn't controversial. It was a red card. 
uh, there was multiple people, not just me. Hey, are you was... including intent in this? Absolutely. Because no one intends to get a red card ever. That's not true. Some guys know. Unless you're Diego Costa. Some <laughs> the see. There you I'm go. A, I miss you, Diego. There you go. Move Ruben on. Neves had a really nice free kick goal off Fantastic. Of this play. Your number one most transferred in player of all players. Ruben for Neves. week for match week one between match week one and two. Now is Ruben Neves. I need to go on record. I poo pooed this. I poo pooed Nevis. Because he is a defensive midfielder. Now, he does on the other hand, take some free kicks. Yeah, he did. And he bombed this one. It well, was sweet. It was fantastic. Now, now, now before you on, say anything. Hold on. Before, okay, all right, all right. before this, I want to be on record as saying the ball should have never been in that position. That ball was five yards further advanced towards the goal, more centered in the field than where the foul was made. That is fact. Interesting. That ball, because of all the kerfuffle with – with Jagielka, the red card, and everything else, somehow, somehow that ball had to happen to move a little bit closer. Right into Nevis's sweet spot, yeah. huh? Right into his hot zone. Yeah, but hey, kudos <laughs> to him; he crushed it. Now, I will say his twelve in fantasy is leading to him being the most transferred yeah. in. So and obviously, his five dollar price tag, and his five dollar price, which tag. is probably five point one. And by now, five dollar, we mean five pound. Yep. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, I just want to make sure that our British friends understand that we know what we're it's doing. 5.1, we you're that. correct. Now, with that, he's qualified for our game in this pod. Is Ruben Neves an FPL? This has got to be the hardest one so far, right? Dud. Is he an FPL stud or dud? Dud. Add, add it to your own risk. I don't know. I, I'm going to say. <laughs> I, mean, I hear the angst well, in look, your voice. No, I mean, like you want you want guys who take free kicks. And so whether that's corners or shots that are five far, five yards advanced from where they should have been, do you really just outside want guys the who box. take free kicks? I mean, do we do goals get scored enough on free kicks to want to make an FPL play for a guy? Well, who I'll takes just say this: kicks? you like it better that guys who are good are free kick takers. Like I would rather. Uh, Gilfy, for example, gets subbed off way early. You know, it's a strategic move. As soon as Jagielka gets his straight red, Gilfy's the casualty. So Leighton Baines was taking corners after Gilfy was gone. You telling me I, you'd rather have Gilfy or Leighton Baines taking your corner kicks or your free kicks? I wouldn't Gilfy doing that. Am I going to get a ton of points from Gilfy taking free kicks? I'm going to get some. So if Nevis is doing that. Yeah, I mean, I I can see it. It's a it's, it's a, stutter, a it's a bonus. Stutter dud. Stutter dud. Oh my gosh! I'll say, I'll say. Is this going to happen on a regular basis? The answer that's no. You know this. I don't know. It's he's five dollars. That doesn't Stud matter if it's going to happen on a regular dud. basis. Does or ducks? <laughs> Stevens. He's an obvious dubs. He's he is stubs and ducks. <laughs> I am absolutely on the record that Ruben Nevis is dubs. That's my final answer. <laughs> Dave, I'm going to go with you on this one. Look, I know that it's but, controversial, even amongst the players in our league, but Ruben Nevis is going to be an FPL all the Look, all the talk was about in the preseason was Diogo Jota playing in an advanced role, basically playing as a striker. He and Nevis had nearly identical... Look, 
an Jean identical Thomas, heat map. Listen, if Jagielka doesn't doesn't stud the hell out of Jota's shin, yeah, Jota's got a shot on goal, and his five might be double digits. Yeah, let's let's be um, honest the, here. The, the only reason why people played Nevis at all was his price it yeah. wasn't because they thought they were going to get any actual oh no all the it. all the i think all the early selection was i think it was much more t- towards jota but um i my, the guy that i was that was actually playing advanced that guy that actually was getting forward a lot was the guy who was supposed to be doing that jimenez yeah six so, points Exactly, and scores the crucial goal. Five and a half. As Could a, have had two if he doesn't do, you know, he yeah. has a better touch in his 1v1 against Pickford. Uh, I, think, I think I'd rather own Jimenez than either Jota or Neves. Right. 5.5 5. 5 5. is very 5. tempting. Exactly. Yep. And I think that's exactly why, you know, you, you need a dollar somewhere. You, you got, uh, oh, I don't know, let's say Josh King. By or the Tosun, way. Or Jank Tosun. You can save yourself a dollar and a half. Going to Jimenez? Going to Jimenez. I agree. That Save that dollar and get it. By the way, they play at Leicester, then against Manchester City, which isn't obviously great, but then at West Ham. You have to say, we, we at least have to say the name. I'm not trying to go out of this, but Ryan Bennett played on the right side of a back three for Wolves. Ryan Bennett is four. He was one of the multiple one four point, dollar right. one point. I'm just telling you, he's one of the multiple four dollar starters. It's good to know a four dollar defender. I'm just telling you. I'm not saying you buy him. No, your strategy, Scott's not spending money in defense all the way across the line. Look, that is a decent strategy. Connor Cody, Willie Bowley, Ryan the Bennett. Guy. That's your back three. So I'm just saying. I'm Listen. just saying. There's a better four dollar guy out there. Which we'll talk about him in two seconds. There's no doubt about that. But I'm just saying, Ryan Bennett was $4 and he started. All right. That's it. Scott. Yeah. Understand this. There is very possible that there's someone out there that goes, I don't want to spend (laughs) in my defense. And I want to know as many $4 defenders that actually play that I can. I'm not saying this is a great strategy. No, because it's not not a championship winning strategy. We know this from our own league. (laughs) Just saying it can't happen. But finding those guys is tough. You're bringing this is up the worst in me right now. Moving on. All right. Fulham nil. Crystal Palace two. Jeffrey Schlupp. Wilfried yeah, man. Zaha. Your goal scores. Uh, 66% possession for Fulham in the match. I they, noticed that. They looked good. Interesting to me. I, I feel like they were a little bit unlucky. They were almost even on shots, oh, no. shots on target. Like corners, they were for the most part. They just lacked some finishing. I don't know that it's going to last all year, but Mitrovic looked like he wanted to score, like his life yeah. depended on oh, it. Oh yeah. And Andre Sherla should have gotten the penalty call on the tackle that he received from Mamadou Sako. Don't call me Sherla. Hey, look, he should have absolutely been given a penalty there. Brian, that's his name. It, <laughs> it's it's another reference. Should have been given a penalty. What I think is odd is the number of people who transferred out. A lot of these guys, especially if you had Sherla, uh, you you're getting some okay spots here. You're playing Burnley at home, right? I mean, Burnley defensively is strong; seems to still be strong. You play at Brighton after that, the next two. Why right? Are you, why are you dumping your Fulham guys right now? No, uh, well, look, there's a lot of. I tell you, I noticed what seemed like more knee jerk reactions across the board, whether it was. You know, of course, I'll go to Arsenal, and, which and or City. You could even, I mean, there's a lot of guys, knee jerk and C- City guys out there yeah. lineup. 
Um, I, I think there's just a lot of reaction. This is overreaction Monday of of what can I do to correct my Premier League lineup? And I would say most of the time, just hold on. You're probably going to be okay. Wait for a couple weeks. Yeah, um, a lot of saves for Fabri. Seven finishes with seven. There was some usefulness. Scott's exactly right about Mitrovic. While Scott's in the toilet, I have no issue at all saying that he's on the toilet right now. Right. Uh, Seven shots for Mitrovic. Three of them inside the 18-yard box. Three shots on target. As Mitrovic told Fulham's official site, if I was a bit luckier, I could have had a hat trick, but I would have been happy if I'd scored one. Sure. He's right. Right. Wayne Hennessy, star of the man of the match, in probably in some calculations, six saves for him, and yeah, uh, stopped quality the quality shots that Mitrovic put on goal. Uh, stopped by Wayne because Hennessey. Wayne Hennessy no. ke- kept him out. Dave, Brian, to your credit, you named him in our preview pod. I did, and this is where I have to make nine points for Brian, Wayne Hennessy. I have to join and make my own state, my own segment, this pod on Dave's confession. <laughs> oh, really? <Yeah. laughs> and, and Wayne Hennessy is is causing did we talk this? you out of Wayne Hennessy? Oh, jeez. So I it's mentioned amazing. I mentioned on the preview pod that. <laughs> I'm going to go with something that seems a bit crazy and odd. Yes. And that was because Wayne had the the Crystal Palace in Bournemouth had an uh, unsympathetic relationship with their home schedule. So, in other words, you could go with Bournemouth this week, they played at home. Next week, Palace is at home. Then then the next week, Bournemouth's at home. And back and forth, back and forth, back. For 38 weeks. Not the whole season, though. I think it is. So, bottom line is. I originally had that set up, and th- between us recording the pod, and then those dreaded ten minutes before the release, I convinced myself. You gotta stop overthinking. To listening, well, it still worked out. I had Ederson, right? So yeah. it, I had Ederson, and then crap keeper. But I'm just saying, and I plan on starting Ederson mainly for the next six weeks. Easily of course you are. You'd be crazy not to. I'll be shocked if they're scored on. Um, so going for anyways, bottom line is I say all this to say, forgive me if anyone went what I said, but honestly, <laughs> you were just fine because technically my other strategy so far has worked out just fine. Bournemouth and Crystal Palace both had clean sheets. Now I have to go jump in here and say that three of the, I think I said 15 at the start of this pod, but I'm pretty sure it was 16, three of the 16 double-digit scores in fantasy this game week one came from the Crystal Palace defense. Booyah! Yeah. They were Patrick Van Onholt and Jeffrey Schlupp, each with 11. Yep. And Aaron Wan-Bissaka with a 12. Yeah. So I'm, I grouped them all together. Are these guys FPL studs or FPL duds? Um, Van Onholt is a stud. Has been a stud and will be a stud. I will say uh, pass on Schlupp. Yeah. And I will say yes, stud on Juan Basaka. Agree. Stud on Juan Basaka. Look, he's a $4.1 starter. He's a, he is one of the raised price guys. Look. All right. No big surprise, Juan Basaka is the most transferred in defender for the week. 
I am shocked that he's not the most transferred in player of Period. all players. I, I cannot agree. believe more people transferred in Neves than Juan Basaka. But well, I mean, the, Neves was a goal scorer. So here's his yes. ownership is at nineteen percent. Here's my thing: Juan Basaka put in one cross. He had one key pass, which <laughs> led to one assist. So he's playing behind Andros Townsend. So to me. Like just for here's a good here's a here's a perspective stat. It's one of my favorite stats of the week. Juan Basaka had nine had sixty nine total touches in this match. Nineteen of them were in the attacking half. Okay, so I are you ex, and he had no touches inside the opponent eighteen yard box. So is this the same as Jeffrey Schlupp, who is one of the guys playing out of position? which is the reason why I opted for Schlupp to start my season, is that he was playing as a left winger. Yes, that is exactly why I put Jeffrey Schlupp in my team. So, yeah, great that it was a goal. Wait, you owned him before game week one? I started him week one. I started Ben Davis. You got his 11 points. I started Ben Davis, Andy Robertson, and Jeffrey Schlupp. Scott, I had Schlupp, and I... Uh, changed him for Charlie Daniels. That was it w- stupid. It wasn't. Uh, Charlie Daniels did okay. Yeah, but that was Schlupp did awesome. Look, it was Jeffrey Schlupp's first goal since October 2015. It was a super nice goal, but lucky, probably. Well, I mean, he he it was he struck it well. He put it exactly where it needed to go. It, it was scored ab- the same as every other goal. And he, no question. And it, it was a look, strike. He's uh, the it, hot hand. He scored two goals. He scored twice over the summer. I mean, he's he's just preseason's rolling. not real football. I know. I'm just saying this is a guy whose goals who's, are goals, Scott. He's got some it's form. True. So uh, he was in this position over the summer. He scored in this position over the summer. He's four and a half dollars. He's only one point one point six percent owned. The only thing is they have signings, especially Max Meyer. Where is he going to be? Where is that guy going to play? I and just think, and that's why Schlepp's not getting your stud. Listen, it's because that's a, you that's don't that's know exactly where. He, look, Roy Hodgson said of Wayne Hennessy, "There's no reason why I should have given anyone else the keeper shirt. Why am I going to give it to like?" Yes, Guaida played more minutes in the summer, but Wayne finished last season great. There's no reason to change him. Yeah. It's All long, these guys yeah. are the hot hand right now. That's right. Van Onholt is absolutely scorching. And I I he was a he was a really tough it was a tough decision to not include him in my team. I really like Patrick Van Onholt for the season, but yeah, I just wanted the I just wanted the extra dollar. Very good. Um one other thing. Ryan Sessignon. Real quick, mm-hmm. just because uh, he started up front with Mitrovic and Sherla as soon as um, not in defense as previously rumored. Well, he right, but it's because Joe Bryan, their summer signing, was fit and came he right started at, and yep. he came right in. But he subbed off at seventy minutes with an ankle injury. As soon as he subbed off, Sessignon had to drop back. The right now, Jokanovic says that his, Joe Bryan's ankle injury isn't apparently serious uh so since sessignon's usage appears to be directly dependent on this on this factor it's worth you know obviously keeping an eye on but it's not stopping anyone from absolutely bailing on ryan sessignon i will say there was a rebound 
from a save that Hennessy made that Sessegnon went toward, but it was it was cleared by I can't remember the defender at the, uh, off the top of my head, but it was one of those goals where in the championship Sessegnon probably scores it. Mm-hmm. It was one where he gets to it and he scores, but this is the Premier League now. Yeah, and he wasn't able to get to it. It was cleared by the defense, and and everything was taken care of. And that's just one of the reasons why Ryan Sessegnon's not quite the guy you want to play at six and a half pounds at this point. I yeah. agree. Uh, not it's, yet. It's just it's just different. If it's you just different. have if you have Sessegnon and not Richarlison, and you haven't You're crazy. subbed. That's exactly Sessignon right. directly for Richarlison. If you have a Sessignon and not Jorginho from Chelsea at 5-0. That's true, too. Look, Ryan Sessignon had eight touches in the 18-yard box. All seven of them were before halftime. But mm-hmm. even his one shot came in the 90th minute. But it was obvious. His, his, the, the amount and the placement of, his, of where, he was, uh, where he was actually affecting the match was much different in the first half and then prior to the Joe Bryan injury. Southampton nil, Burnley nil. Everything about this was about the points from the defense and the goalkeepers. In fact, the only player to get double-digit points from this match is Southampton's goalkeeper, Alex McCarthy. So, Mm -hmm. guys, FPL stud or FPL dud? I still don't want to have anything to do with Southampton. When it comes down to it, as I sit here and lie, owning Cedric. No, I think he's fine. He was good. He was fine good. as in stud. Is that the question? Yes. Oh, no, he's not. I mean, no, I couldn't call him a stud, though. I hesitate to call him a dud. Is but he going to start? Him a dud. Is no, he going to start not. all year over Fraser Forster? Uh, Fraser Forster. Yes, Fraser Forster is done. 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 Hmm. He's a transfer risk. He's a loanee risk. He wants out of there. Okay. McCarthy's your guy. All right. I'd be more concerned. Don't they have Gunn? Angus Gunn. From Liverpool. From Manchester City. Oh, from, sorry. Yes, from yes. Manchester City. Yep. I'd be more concerned about him getting a shot at some point. Okay. But no, McCarthy's, McCarthy's fine. He's a fine. He's a fine goalkeeper for four. Really? You think a stud, Dave? Dud. I'm not going near him. No, that's what I mean. But that's he why, might score that's some. That's why I'm on the fence. He might be, I mean, he scored 11 points. He might be that goalkeeper that gets a lot of yeah, he had saves. three saves. He had all three bonus points. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's exactly what happens in a nil-nil match is goalkeepers and defenders get all the points because he's making all the completed passes. He's passing a 1,000 times out of the back and nobody's <laughs> getting any points up front. That's right. Hey, that's why we're avoiding Southampton striker, even Danny Ings, who is... Man, Transfer hey, there. I'll tell you what though. If Danny Ings, if no, he, look, if he gets time, no, you wouldn't think about it for five and a half. He'll get hurt before he gets okay. Time. Well, I'm not talking. I'm not predicting injuries here. Well, I am. On the Burnley side of the ball, all the defenders that you might have transferred in before the start of the season, they got you points in this match. Yeah. I still stand by what I said in the preview pod. I think over the course of the season, you're you're crazy if you stick with Burnley. But Joe Hart got you seven. And then the starting defense got you six plus. And that yeah. was Stephen Ward, James Tarkowski, Ben Mee, and Matt Lowden. Yeah. Which, by the way, Ben Mee should have been called for a foul in the penalty area me at and, the end of the match. Me and Tarkowski match. both with bonus points. They're, ben, Mee, ben Mee deserved a penalty call on his tackle on Danny Ings. That stomp on Ings's shin was worse than the one that we saw in the Wolves-Everton match that resulted in the penalty kick. Hey, or, I'm if, sorry, in a, in a free kick. If Danny Ings gets a, an assist 
because of a made penalty shot in this game, you're rethinking your $5.5 Danny Ings, even if he did sub in. That's fair enough. Uh, let's Before we go to the next match, let's hear a word from this week's Fantasy Soccer FC sponsor. Great. Hi, this is Ryan Bertrand, <laughs> cool. defender for Southampton Football Club. Our match against Burnley resulted in nothing but clean sheets. Even if we had scored some goals, the traveling Burnley fans still would have had clean sheets if they had stayed at Hunter's Lodge Bed and Breakfast. I love that good, place. Good. Built in 1900, Hunter's Lodge is operated as a hotel, guest house, and bed and breakfast, providing accommodation since 1926. Hunter's Lodge is conveniently situated for Southampton City Center, which means all the sites and attractions are only a short distance away. Yes. Located in a quiet residential district, yet within easy accessibility of the city center, our double-fronted Victorian house retains many original features, which are enhanced by the furnishing styles within the public areas. Hunter's Lodge is an ideal choice whether your stay is for business, or just visiting family or friends or free cruise accommodation. Otherwise known as pleasure. Find out more about our amenities at HuntersLodgeHotel.net. That's HuntersLodgeHotel.net. Yeah, Hunters Lodge. Do you, hey. you see the play on words there with clean sheets? Clean sheets, yes. yep. You, get, you want clean sheets on the pitch and you want clean sheets in the bed. And you'll get them from Hunters Lodge. You want to... Thanks for sponsoring us this week, Hunters Lodge. And thanks, Ryan Bertrand, for... For yeah, plugging it. for so doing good. a spot. That was really nice of him. Yeah. Uh, sad Cedric owners uh, were mad to see him sadly sub off at 55 minutes. Mere mere minutes away from the clean sheet point. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be fine. I think he's still useful. Bournemouth 2, Cardiff nil. Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson get you the goals, even though Callum Wilson also had a missed penalty kick. Nice work, Cherries. Good start erasing the memories of the start of last season Has one Tra- win in their first eight last season if you don't remember and just six clean sheets for them all season they've they've helped exercise two of their their 2017 demons has charlie daniels ever been on penalties it feels like he was i think he has been i think it's time to bring him back no listen charlie daniels is as outdated as his haircut not true scott <laughs> not true he will prove he you wrong up, he put up five listen face. listen he all the defenders put up good decent points here nathan ake your boy brian yeah eight man. points in this match uh, great nathan result ake. great yep. result uh you know charlie daniels got Five. Okay, great. That is not going to sustain throughout Charlie the season. Daniels, I'm going to go on Charlie record Daniels, that. the poor man's Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> That's exactly right. We've talked about now, there was a double-digit uh, double scorer in this match, and that was Ryan Fraser, aforementioned goal scorer. Yeah. He scored 11 points. Dave, I'll start with yes. you. FPL stud or dud? Fraser is a growing stud. Can I, can I surprise you with something? You're going to say stud, I, I can't gr- believe it. I can't believe you're doing this. I don't feel great about it, but I am going to say I would lean more stud than dud. If he's healthy. He's a stud. He's a stud. Yeah. At, at five, 5.5, yeah, he's a great. He's a good play. He is a good play. You know who he's not going to lose his position to whenever he's healthy is Junior Stanislaus. They're going to play together, and that can't hurt him. Yeah, I mean, Fraser, Fraser is a fixture in this lineup as long as he's healthy. Um, and great uh, overall stats for him. I don't have to go through the whole list, but the fact that he finished with the goal and three bonus points was deserved because he did a lot. Do you know what I think um, Eddie Howe, Bournemouth manager, did 
really well. Tell me. I think he did transfer business really well. David Brooks looked okay. He scored three points in this match. Not great from the midfield, but not bad. I think he'll be fine there. Maybe better in real life than in fantasy. Is Lerma going to affect Frazier when he's healthy? Rec- club record signing Lerma. I don't think he'll affect Frazier. I think Frazier's in. Okay. But I do think it will have an impact on, like you said, a healthy Stanislaus. It might impact other guys like Sermon and Gosling. If Lerma's the- starting, is he a better play than Frazier? And or is he I don't a know defensive? Yet. Is he more of a defensive midfielder? Too soon to tell. It's too soon to tell, but I do think Lerma is a guy to keep an eye on. I uh, Diego Rico is going to be a guy to keep an eye on in defense. I think they did good business in the summer in you know finding guys that that can uh, assimilate into this Bournemouth squad and help them stay squarely in the mid table where they've been. Cardiff train wreck. Um. Let's, At least for one match. Callum Wilson scores. Callum Wilson misses a penalty. I really would love if Josh King gets back to the first choice penalty taker. Disconcerting <laughs> as a Josh King owner is that he had just one shot in the match while Callum Wilson had six. Wow. That's a good So stat. I am not thrilled about that. The but next but two weeks, forward, that can change from week to week. Yeah, for sure. And and lots of folks jumping on Callum Wilson did the same thing. I did it last year. I owned Callum Wilson multiple times last year. And he sure. would, and and it felt like every time I went to get him, he stopped doing what he was doing. Yes, yeah. Josh King started doing it. Yeah. That's that's so, why you don't give up on King yet. Yeah. Josh King has the year-long form. I'm not I don't love it that but yeah, I think the the PK miss has Callum to Wilson help. is yet to prove he can stay healthy over the course of the season. Josh King, meh, he mostly can. Um Bobby Reed, I think there's some good reasons to be optimistic. If you're, mm. if is you're there a, any reason to be optimistic about Cardiff after this match? Uh, on Neil the, Etheridge, maybe with his six. Everyone else is one and two. No, and uh, and anyone who's any there, I'm sure there are plenty of people. I, I don't know. I'm guessing based on price that there are people buying Bobby Reed. But um, no, I, I Kenneth Sohora is going to come back. And so if even if you were thinking like, oh, I'm gonna take a chance on him, that's that's still I mean, that that position is under threat. It was Zahor was supposed to start. Bobby Reed is owned by less than one percent. It's yeah. not worth talking about. I'm just saying it was a guy who had to he put in some he put in some some tough time. He put in some hard work there. All right, fair enough. But you know what? Tough time doesn't equate to fantasy points. Okay. I'm very pragmatic <laughs> yes, fantasy owner here. That's true. Watford two. Brighton, nil. Your goal scorers, Roberto Pereira and Roberto Pereira. Hey, did nice you say work. the same name twice? Sure did. He scored twice. Good work, Brighton, continuing your 2017 form with zero shots on target. Brighton, zero shots. Ben Foster, entirely untested Chris in Hewton this match. Chris was shocked by how bad his team was. I'll bet. Bad. I Glenn mean, Murray bad. was shocked as, as well. Glenn Murray, who scored two points. They're, they're, I don't want to overreact. I think Brighton will be better over the course of the season than they were in this match. But it was a bad start to their season. Reminder, Brighton was the fourth worst last season in terms of shots on target with just 118. 
in fairness, we've only ever talked about their defense in terms of fantasy. You will love uh, to know that's that... That's not true. Pascal Gross. You will love to I'm know... I'm sorry, you're right. That the defense only, plus... Pa- oh, you talked about Glenn Murray, I guess, occasionally. The too. only worse teams than them last season were West Brom, Huddersfield, and Swansea. And, and we know and what happened shots, to two of those shots. people. Huddersfield should hey, have been so relegated. So, in my review of this game, the first thing I, I had with on the sheet is, is Brighton crap? No. No, they can't. A sophomore slump can be a very real thing. In the first game? Not in the first game, though. Well, that's why I'm saying. Well, yes, they had a bad match. There's no question they had a bad match. And whether or not they, you know, thought more of themselves or they underestimated how difficult it might be in their second season, I don't know. Only Chris Hewton and his players know. They were no doubt bad in this match. But they proved last year by being in the mid-table for most of the season that these guys can do this. They can do this. But in one match, it, it was bad. But don't As a Pascal Gross owner who got subbed off in the, like the 61st minute, I'm very, very nervous. Don't be worried yet. Give him till the first international break. See what happens. I think things will look up for Brighton over the long haul. I hope so. On the Watford side of the ball, we know lots, what the story is. Lots of big points here. In fact, there are two guys who scored in double digits. That's not even getting to guys like Ben Foster, who put up six, Daryl Yonmott, who scored seven, your boy there, Dave Yonmott. Uh, technically, Brian, I just referenced him in the preseason pod. Now, there were two guys who scored double digits. Jose Holebas from yep. the defense put up 13 points. Yep. Roberto Pereira, the goal scorer, aforementioned, put up 16. Are either of these guys studs in FPL, or are they duds? Well, Holobos being a bad boy, uh, <laughs> and also Holobos knowing... his yellow cards, Brian. Knowing that he has a rabid competition behind him, uh, I think he is playing for every minute he can possibly get. Well, with this kind of result, he's going to... Stay on the pitch, Two right? Assists yeah, both, is, uh, is assisted amazing. both of Pereira's goals. Yeah, I mean, hey, and and look, five five key passes, real nice. Put well, in eleven crosses. So eleven. Eleven's a lot, but is that stud worthy or dud worthy? FPL stud or dud? I I will not own Holobos. Say the word. So I will say dud on Holobos. Okay, Dave. Dud. He's a yellow card machine. Okay, but he's proven before that he can provide quality crosses. But you said dud. Technically dud. For me too. Brian, Pereira. I have said good things about Pereira in the past. No, per- yeah, look, Pereira but was- what about him? FPL stud or dud? That's exactly it. He was really good at the end of last season, and this is me buying time. And, uh, <laughs> man... <laughs> He sure everyone say it say it he sure word. feels like a, he sure feels like a stud but I'm going to keep it on stud really I you think, think he'll so. sustain this Scott he, I rarely agree with you but I don't think this is sustainable I think I, it's probably he had a he had whoa I don't want to take anything away from the from the guy during the game no he great crushed it two great goals I don't think this and or half this per game is sustainable totally agree this is not sustainable. Look, I am it, it shocked. It won't surprise me if he leads their team at this point moving forward and or is second maybe in the midfield at the end of the season, but that that's not going to be a, a stud for me. He's Could gonna, he be the Etienne Capu of last August and September? No, no, maybe, it's, maybe. No, it's, but you know what? 
Watford is who we think they are. They are going to be maybe fine until November, and then they're going to crash and burn and be lower half of the table. This is not sustainable over the course of the season. He is a dud. Then now, might he be then- okay for August and September? Maybe. Maybe. I wouldn't begrudge anybody who bought him now, planning on only owning him for six weeks. Look, but he is a dud over the course of the season. You will think it's hilarious then that the sentiment expressed by numerous Watford supporters is Watford supporters? Hey, Everton, you signed the wrong guy. I think there is, there is, uh, oh, it feels like a bit of cultish optimism here with uh, Pereira. So go on record, Pereira, Brian. Well, look, I mean, this is not... Look, all four of his shots were inside the 18-yard box. This is not Ducore from last year, where That's Ducore right. scored six, six goals in, uh, on eight shots outside the box. Hey, yeah. Ducore that, put up not a three, at all. a respectable three in <laughs> right. fantasy last week. He got the clean sheet point. Good for him. <laughs> now, this is, this is the guy who, when Richarlison was breaking down at the end of the season came on and False. produced. When Richarlison was not with the manager he needed to be with. Sure, but but Richarlison was playing a good bit. He was still playing in the same basic spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course he produced better at the beginning of the year, but that's the that's the feeling is that Pereira has has stepped into that position is going to be able to fill that role. Are you saying stud? At least as good or better than Richarlison. Are you he saying stud? I would rather say stud then dud right now yeah all right brian we're nearing the two hour mark on this See, granted it's game week one we're excited there's a lot to talk about there's a lot to talk about but brian give us the quick version of your game post game week one injury roundup howdy partners it's the injury roundup <laughs> yeah we talked about all the key names i feel like the biggest things to pay attention to this coming week or you know once you see team sheets is now we're getting back to uh world cup player return to fitness so uh i would just look for most of those players i would say for arsenal one of the biggest ones i think is what's going to happen with nacho with nacho monreal that's yeah. that's one of the biggest ones just because uh as uh Unai emery said this week they were training danny welbeck with the first uh, at, at left back because they're so thin uh ainsley Maitland, maitland niles was subbed off early in this match with an injury, so they desperately need Nacho to be back. So he is training. Emery has said he should be available for the next match. I don't want to leave it alone at that, but that's really the biggest, all the other biggest names I think we uh, we really covered. The shortest injury roundup ever is only Nacho Monreal. Love it. Dave, as we uh, start the new season, we have stepped up our social media game. That's right. We have now created an Instagram account where we uh, take some interesting pictures. Ha! I'm not saying the picture's the best thing, but at the same time, they give you an insight into what we're doing and what we're thinking as we do it. And so if right now you can see, you know, I've got uh, pictures posted with captions about game week one and the squad that was played, as well as a preview of the pod recording that you're listening to right now, That's dear right. listener. Uh, so we've got that out there. It's fantasy soccer underscore FC. Everywhere else, you can find us at Fantasy Soccer FC. That's Twitter, that's Facebook, and all the usual places. Beautiful. Where we, we are continuing to do our normal thing on those other channels. But also on top of that, we are active on our on our website. That's our right. Our website's blog, fantasysoccerfc.com. You can find out 
the Sala or no Sala post that we referenced earlier in this episode. Still debatable. And, and you can see the difference in squads that's required. I had to change about five other players to get Mo Salah in. I was okay with that, obviously. But you can see how much that affected the overall impact on the squad. Uh, and there'll be some other stuff that we'll post there as we go into Game Week 2 this coming weekend. FantasySoccerFC.com Well, hey, listen. This has been awesome. Love to be back. It's great to talk about matches. That's it. And uh, this weekend was exciting. I'll be glad to see Arsenal not play City this next week. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time, 